so Godzilla vs. King Kong is coming out soon, which I'm very excited about. I'm, I'm a big Godzilla fan. Um, but they messed up because the trailer came out today, and in the trailer, it looked like King Kong and Godzilla were, like, fighting, like, actually trying to kill each other. But um, they're boyfriends, so I don't know what's going on. Nope, uh, they're having a domestic. Boyfriends fight sometimes. They're- they have a domestic where they just beat the shit out of each other in the middle of t- downtown Tokyo. Well, yes, for just destroying buildings left and right. That is that is obviously their equivalent of like, you didn't do the dishes again. You said you're gonna do them last night. You know, like, <laughs> but like it's amped up because you know there are these huge monster things. I don't know shit about Godzilla. <laughs> He's a big lizard. What else is there to know? <laughs> well, I don't know anything about the lore. Like, I don't know what he is, you know? I'm like, uh, yeah, that's the a big lore lizard. Is that he's uh created from radiation in the from the bottom of the ocean? Um, or was it that he was sleeping in the bottom of the ocean and the radiation woke him up? See, maybe even I, who <laughs> love Godzilla, don't know what the fuck is going on. I know that the original movie was a response to um, Japan's lingering kind of, I don't know what the right word is, but lingering fears over the nuclear attacks that the U.S. did. Um, It's a very heavy movie for one that's about a giant lizard. Uh, And then all of the rest of them were kind of like, yeah, but like, what if that big lizard fucked, though? (laughs) So... Is that, Is that what... the intro? <laughs> if you want it to be, I don't. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Brody Quest. I'm Rainy. And I'm Shannon. And here on the world's best and only Adam Brody fancast, what we like to do is take a deep dive chronologically uh, through the filmography of actor Adam Brody. Today, not only are we talking about um, a, a couple of movies that he had brief appearances in in the year 2001-2002, we're also talking about a new movie that came out just uh, this year called Promising Young Woman. We're going to talk about that one at the end, and we're going to talk about the the, the past first. Yes, so... Um, what are we starting with? I think we should start just... I think we should mention American Pie 2. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> but I think we just need to say that, yes, technically, Adam was in this movie, and... I did indeed watch it. Yeah, you were very kind, and you watched it and hated it so much that you said that I didn't have to watch it, which I appreciate immensely. Which is so funny because I adore, like, most of this cast. Like, Mm -hmm. I... You a big Jason Biggs fan? You really into Jason Biggs? I mean, not... You just love that Teenage (laughs) Dirtbag music video so much, can't get enough of it, watch it on repeat over and over again? Well, yes, but not for him. Um, but anyways, I, yeah, so I really love this cast and it, you know, these films have such like a cult following that I was like, there must be some, something in here, right? Wait, (laughs) do they? Yes, dude. Yes. Why do you think that there were four of them? Because they made money. Cause it was like a weird thing in the two thousands where people were just like, horny and had no real outlet for it no, because dude, the they, internet wasn't really real yet they and got so, this weird upset no dude i, I they it had like this it, it, it people were really into these people were really okay. into these um yeah but do they still but like a cult following kind of implies that there are people now who are still really into uh-huh. them. does is there american pie stan twitter <laughs> god i hope not but tragically it's possible I'm looking it up. <laughs> but anyways, Adam was in the background in one party scene and it was, there's nothing to talk about. I found a handful of people who are joking about if there was an American Pie 
a stan twitter but uh no there's no like fan cams or anything that i can see maybe let's let's search jason biggs <laughs> you want want some of that jason big fan cam content yeah uh <laughs> uh, uh no what i this is unrelated but i just saw it so i'm going to talk about it there is a a new kind of cropping up of a jack black stan twitter and i am so into that i'm so invested we all need to appreciate jack black more he's given us so much and he's been so disrespected in just in so many different ways and so i'm really excited for this next decade 2020 uh the 2020 specifically not last year um to be just the 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 time for jack black to really shine and do what he does best i'd say for him to shine ag- again because i feel like again yeah yeah because he was because he did a lot and not a lot of people paid like people paid attention they thought oh what a goofy funny man but they really did not give him the respect that he deserved and so i'm hoping that maybe we get jack black in some dramatic roles this my decade. my favorite jack black content is definitely um his work in the office when he's in that weird um movie they're watching do you remember that no oh my god wait yeah 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 he's in the movie where he's like in love with the grandma yeah right that, where like, it's like basically Andy's Harold and Maude. Or something yeah it's so yeah and it's so funny the first time I watched that that it's like just this thing on the like that it's this plot that Andy is watching this and then I was like fuck is that Jack Black <laughs> he's so good I love there's that video of him on Jimmy Fallon and it's like the only thing worthwhile that's come out of Jimmy Fallon where it's him and he's playing the toy saxophone I love oh. that video I watched that over and over again. Uh, he was in a video game called Brutal Legends that was on the PlayStation 2 that I was really into as a kid. Damn, he's just done so much. If you want to talk about Jack Black, go start another podcast. Okay, I'll keep my Jack Black appreciation to myself. I'll, okay, Except for one last thing. Uh-huh. The, the Disney Pixar movie Onward, starring Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. Chris yeah. Pratt's character was designed to gaslight people into thinking that Jack Black voiced him. <laughs> you know? I mean, I to me, it very much just sounded like Chris Pratt, but sure. But like, if you like, let me get a glossy JPEG for you right here. Like, if you if you look just at the character design and you had never seen the movie or you saw the movie a really long time ago, you would just think, "Oh, Jack Black probably voiced this dude." Maybe. Look at him. Just, just you know, I don't remember his fuck the he, character's fucking name. He seems to. He seems. This is gonna. That was gonna be mean. I was gonna say he seems a little too youthful to be Jack Black. Jack Black is so youthful. He has so much energy. Energy isn't the same thing as youth. Um, I, I know. think the Jack Black has a youthful glow to it. I don't. I think if I looked at that, I think I'd be more likely to look at that and be like, "That sounds like it'd be voiced by Seth Rogen." That is fair. That's good too. <laughs> yeah, I I've been really enjoying. I think I'm just we're I'm just going off on these tangents because I don't have anything to fucking say about the American Pie series other That's than I'm good, surprised then let's move that on. it existed. We, we don't need to talk about it. There's Seth Rogen's been yelling at fascists on Twitter a lot recently. Um, oh, that's fun. And I've been enjoying it. Yeah. Um, anyway, American Pie two. What do you rate it? I didn't watch it, so I can't rate it legally. I would rate it like maybe one point five awkward sexual interactions like it's Mm. because once again the cast is full of like a bunch of pretty good comedic actors so very occasionally you know some of the comedic stuff hits but for the most part did did it get a laugh did it get a good laugh out of you at any point maybe once or twice like a chuckle i was never like full-on laughing but maybe a chuckle it's just nothing like ever caught you off guard enough that you fully laughed I can't remember, and that probably isn't a good sign. Yeah, <laughs> if, that if I can't remember, tells us if it's all funny. We need to know. It's just, it's just not for me. It's not my thing. And really, who is it for? That's a good point. So, I mean, it's for it's for kids that it's for kids in the two thousands that just learned what sex was. So yeah, and you know, good for them. But we don't need it. We've moved past the need for them now yeah and we moved on to a different movie uh according to spencer yes a perfect um progression (laughs) yeah there's that's my segue take it or leave it
Um, what what do you have to say about this movie? I'm intrigued. Oh my god. This movie Wait. was so boring. Wait, before we even get to anything, <laughs> I want to talk about in the very beginning, which is a low-budget movie, and mm-hmm. so in the beginning, right off the bat, you can tell from the way that the credits are coming on that this is not a high-budget movie, but the way that the credit, the way that the titles roll in is so confusing that like I was trying to read it because mm-hmm. it had like it has like the bylines coming first and then the names. So at one point, like it shot across the screen and it just said in association with and productions. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> it was like yeah. jarring to try and read it. The small text comes in first and then the the names scroll onto screen in like that early 2000s way where like they um they kind of like slide onto the screen but normally they slide onto screen they stay in the position that they're supposed to be in for a little bit and then they slide off this was just fucking continual motion just frictionless name sliding happening it made me feel a little sick yeah it was sickening to watch and confusing to read and like sometimes it would be the full name would slide across the screen in whatever direction and sometimes it'd be half of a name where the first name would come in from one place and go to a different place and then the last name would do it and so they'd like overlap for just a second where you could read the person's name clearly you had to try and pause it it's like it's like a game you had to pause it at the right point so that you could actually read what it was saying I actually found myself playing a different game with it, which was trying to guess where the things were supposed to go. Because again, they didn't stop. So sometimes they would be in two different positions on screen where it would look like the right place. And I'd be trying to figure out, okay, so is it fucking Seth MacFarlane Productions? That's not, he wasn't involved with this movie. It was just the first name I could think of. Just trying to guess what position it would have stopped in had it actually done its job right. That was probably the second most exciting part of this movie. What what was the plot of this movie? (laughs) Okay, so first of all, listening back and editing the last episode, I should not be allowed to try and do plot summaries because... (laughs) Okay, do you want me um, to try and do it? Well, that's the thing. With this movie, there is no plot. (laughs) I I watched it with Kiara because I knew it was going to be bad. Kiara's my little sister. I watched it with her because I knew it was going to be bad, and I figured if I watch it with Kiara, we can kind of make jokes at it and goof over it and it'll be a little bit more enjoyable. I think, here's what I think about this movie. I think that they forgot to write it. (laughs) And which is incredible because when you get to the end credits, three different people get writing credits on the movie. It took three people to write a movie where nothing happens. Like it has the vague outline of a plot. Like it looked, I think they sat down, they wrote bullet points and then they just kind of forgot to do anything else. Because it's like, Guy realizes he's wasting his life. He moves to the big city. He runs into this girl that he used to have a crush on in fucking elementary school. He has a crappy job and is trying to move up the ranks, but like it's kind of stacked against him and he's not very good at his job to begin with. And maybe he's seeing his dead grandma sometimes as a ghost. Yeah, it was... But like none of that is ever developed or elaborated on. Well, yeah, in the beginning, I felt like it was building towards something, that it starts with, like, he had been really close to his grandma, his grandma passes away, he realizes that he hasn't accomplished anything and he needs to, like, start living more. So he moves, Mm -hmm. and he meets this girl, and he gets his job, and he finds out, coincidence, the girl also works at the same place. And then it just, like, stayed there for the rest of the time. (laughs) Nothing, everything happened in the first 15 minutes, and then nothing else progressed. There was also, they and were like, sh- shooting a porno or something at the same time, but yeah. that wasn't really important. <laughs> he finds a he finds a place to live that has these two other roommates who are most definitely shooting a porno in his bedroom. But, like, again, they just forgot to, like, write any of that or develop it at all. And, like, especially because this movie was clearly supposed to be a comedy, there were scenes where they had the setup of something comedic happening, but they just forgot to fucking write any jokes. Mm-hmm. Where there are no jokes. We're like, we were sitting there and we were like, something funny should have happened there. Like, clearly this is a, this situation that they are in has the potential to be funny, but they just didn't write any funny lines. The two roommates are played by guys. One of them, the guy with the mullet was in... Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You and also uh-huh. a bunch of other early 2000s comedies. The other guy was in like Dazed to Confuse and also a bunch of other two- early 2000s comedies. So clearly they 
they casted these two guys to be the comedic relief of the movie. They just didn't give them any fucking funny lines and were relying on like, you guys have been in comedies before. You're funny. You can figure it out. But like, every, they just seem so bored. Everyone in this movie seems so bored. Like they don't really know what they're doing there. And it's so exhausting to watch. Yes. Including, well, including the lead, which uh, is played by Jesse Bradford. Um, Woo! <laughs> Which you were very Love excited him. about, which I we, was so excited. I I was also excited when I found out because I also like Jesse Bradford. I just from he had a kind of guest arc on the West Wing, but I didn't realize when we talked about it briefly, you were very excited about Jesse Bradford. I love jesse bradford i have only seen him in one movie he is in my literally my favorite movie of all time bring it on from the year 2000 starring kirsten dunce and jesse bradford and also some other people who i can't remember the names of right now sorry guys um it is the it's my favorite movie i could watch it over and over and over and over again never get sick of it it's like my go-to feel-good movie it's wonderful it's incredible and jesse bradford plays the like love interest in it and he's like this fun funny kind of quirky sarcastic kid who's into punk rock and is just and just like so basically just your dream guy yeah he's he's like one of those like characters where it's like they're not popular but they're still really cool Mm -hmm. that that kind of person who um i had a joke that i was leading into there and i don't remember what the joke was i it left me this is going well (laughs) anyway but he's he's really good in bring it on And so I was expecting at least some of that same energy, that same charm to be able to carry over to to this movie. But again, it's like they literally it feels like they literally just didn't give the actors anything to work with. Absolutely. So I I, once again, I know him from the West Wing, which is like an Academy Award winning drama. It's not easy mm -hmm. to get on. So clearly you have to be a good actor to get on it, even just for a smaller part. Yeah. And so I I agree that I was like, well, it has to, you know, he's a good actor. And it was just the writing really constricted (laughs) what anyone was able to do. And Um, I think I think the main thing about this movie is that you can really feel the actors pushing to try and get anywhere within a scene, mm -hmm. like to find any sort of emotion or story arc or driving force or anything but it just everything ends up feeling really low energy and really awkward it's like you're watching an underdeveloped high school play it's terrible it's so uncomfortable like it made me feel bad for everyone involved that was a very yes that was a very good um i i'm looking at my notes right now and you can tell how bored i got because i wrote about (laughs) i wrote like three things about this movie and then i just started writing about his character on the west wing mm-hmm. so i couldn't I even wrote, um, as i was watching i couldn't pay attention i got bored i wrote the first note that i have for this is just chucky <laughs> i don't know who chucky is but i had some thoughts about him like the clown maybe <laughs> i don't know chucky um, um i also found i i didn't know the lead actress but yeah. I, I don't know if this was the writing or her, but I found the character very obnoxious. Yeah. Um, it also drove me crazy because she looks like someone, someone else, yes. some other actress. And I, I got do not that know too. Who that was. I thought I knew her, but then I looked it up and I was like, oh no, I don't know this, but she looks so mm-hmm. familiar. I have I have one note on this movie because okay. it's also supposed to be a romance where he's like reconnecting with this girl from elementary school and like it's kind of supposed to be like a, it's supposed to be like a, a comedy rom-com kind of thing. You know, she's dating the scummy, like, business guy that every fucking girl in a romance movie is dating who, like, takes her for granted and is generally shitty and, like, why would anyone date him? He's terrible. And so, like, he breaks up with her at the beginning of the movie, the shitty romance guy, and then she kind of starts hanging out and going on dates with Spencer, the main character, but, like, kind of not, kind of playing him hot and cold, really they again nothing fucking happens like they have no connection at all and then you get to the end of the movie things have kind of fallen apart it's that like part at the third act where everything's gone wrong and then she's back together with this scummy dude and then spencer like shows up at her apartment and does this big that like classic romance movie big speech where he's like here are all the reasons why I think you're wonderful and I appreciate you. And then it ends with him being like, I love you. And like, 
But like, again, nothing's fucking happened in this movie. They have not gotten to know each other at all. They've been on literally two dates. So it's so stupid that like, I just, like, you just feel nothing. Like, it just feels so weird and pointless that he's making this big speech. But then again, classic, it's a, it's a romance movie. So he does this big speech. She's kind of indifferent at first. He goes off. He's about to fucking leave and get on an airplane because suddenly he's doing really good at his job and he gets to go to this fancy conference. And then she runs to his office as he's about to leave and shows up and is like, I love you too. I'm so sorry. Blah, blah, blah. We should be together. But there's literally the, the movie accidentally fucking is becomes so self-aware for a moment because when she shows up at the office after running there, she's super out of breath and he's like really worried for some reason. He's like, what's her, what was her name? Melora? Melora. And he's like, Melora, is everything okay? Like, what's wrong? And she's like, I ran here. And he goes, why? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I li- I'm like, yeah, why did you run here? Literally, like, Nothing has happened so far. I do not know why you care about this dude. You did not take the time to get to know him at all because you spent the whole time obsessing over this dude who dumped you. Like, that that one quote summed up the entire movie for me where she says, I ran here in this very, like, spur-of-the-moment romantic moment, and he, deadpan, just goes, why? <laughs> but can I also say, you made it sound better than it was. It wasn't even, like a like, declaration of love, really. She was just like... Didn't she just say, I don't, she was like, I don't need any more friends. It was basically just like her deciding she might date him. Yeah. It was like so anticlimactic. The other key thing I noticed, this movie doesn't have a score. It has barely a soundtrack. It plays uh, some licensed songs at like a few key moments, but like it is so silent throughout (laughs) parts. Like there's no musical stings to emphasize comedy or any of the romantic moments. Like when she's running there, like it's, it's just, or like when he's giving the big speech, the background is just dead air. Like the camera is picking up the kind of hiss and hum of the electrical lights. Like it is so like empty. It's It's, just, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, do you want to talk about Adam in this movie? Uh, do you want to start? Do you want to do it? I've been talking a lot. I mean, so we just get one quick shot of him. It's when, it's when, Ryan, no, what what the fuck is the character's name? Spencer. It's the movie's called According to Spencer. <laughs> Wait, that's the other thing. The movie's called According to Spencer, which kind of sets up like, oh, he's going to be giving his opinions on things throughout the movie or like something is going to be according to him. Like he's going to give a definitive opinion on something that shapes the perspective of this movie. This fucking boy does not have any views on anything. He is so passive. People tell him to do things and he just does it with like a shrug like it i do not know why the movie is called that it's such a bad title anyway adam brody um yeah so it's when spencer first gets the job and so like his boss is showing him around the office and adam brody works there and he has another Mm -hmm. line where the boss says something about he makes fun of him because he was like masturbating in the workroom and then the boss says that and is like trying to call him he like calls him a creep for that which fair but then immediately after the boss turns to this woman and calls her sweet tits so it's like hey doesn't really help you to does it when you call someone else a creep and then you go on do that doesn't really help your image but once again i was like yeah he was fine he had one line in this was it wasn't it just like what like wasn't it like basically one word I think he just said, no, 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 he, 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 yeah, it's like, he said what, and then the guy, like, said something making fun of him, and he said, like, fuck off. So we did get a mm-hmm. fuck from him. Yeah, we got a good swear. Got a good swear, which I always love, but otherwise... The camera's moving, too, because they're walking through the office, so you really only get, like, a quick pan over, over Adam. Like, it was barely enough time to register that he was there. Yeah, so... Yeah. Not too good. What would you give this movie? Uh, maybe a... I'd give the movie as a whole fucking a z- zero soundtrack out of 10. <laughs> and I'd give Adam Brody's performance it 9,000 out of 10 because it was the shining light in this movie. I really did believe that he jerked off in the copying room. <laughs> Just transcendent. Wonderful acting. Okay, do you want to kind of take take the reins for The Ring because you have much more expertise on it than I do? I actually feel like I've been talking a lot so far because of how disappointed I was in According to Spencer. So if you want to start with The Ring, I think that'll be better. Okay, well, I don't have much to say. I'm I'm not... I like some horror movies, but I'm not, like, 
a big fan of the genre. I don't, you know, just regularly watch them. I usually only watch a horror movie if there's an actor I really like in it. And I, and, and a, a big reason that I don't like horror films all that much is I feel a lot of the ones that I've seen, when when they're so focused on just being scary, they forget to write an interesting plot and interesting characters. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I definitely felt that with this movie is that like half an hour in, it just got so slow. Yeah. And I was so bored. And once again, they're doing all these things to try and, you know, raise your adrenaline and be scary. But I was like, I nothing interesting is going on. And I was just, I was really bored for most of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm gonna, the, the scene with Adam Brody in it is actually genuinely my favorite scene uh-huh. in this movie. There's, I think that there's some good, I am a big horror fan, and so I do think that there are parts of this movie that genuinely manage to be really, really well crafted horror, but I 100% agree that, like, the movie is so goddamn slow, it's so long, nothing's really happening, and a Above all else, I don't care about the characters, which is like kind of intrin like that's important for a horror movie because you want to care about these characters because that makes you more scared about the thing that's happening around them because you don't want anything mm-hmm. bad to happen to them. This movie was a, a an adaptation of a Japanese horror movie, which is better. The original's way fucking better. There was no reason to adapt it, but sure, we did it. And it's weird because you hear about this movie a lot as like a horror classic but it's i don't think it deserves that title yeah like at at all that's why i was confused because i had heard so much about this and so i was actually kind of excited to watch it because i was like oh yes this is such just like a standard in the horror genre so Mm. i was like it's you know it's good that i'm having this opportunity to watch it because i really should have watched this already and then after i watched it, i was like wait why is that so like highly regarded it was like, once again, I agree that there were parts that were done well. There were certain shots where I was like, oh, that's a such a good shot. And like, yeah, there are just little little things hidden out, like hidden within that. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's good. But overall, it was just not very interesting. Mm-hmm. I just I th- to me, the best part was not even that I was watching with a friend and my friend said something that was so funny is at the very the very end when you know she like turns around to be like oh i'm actually gonna broadcast this to save my own ass Mm -hmm. and my friend was like it's like a multi-level marketing scheme and like you have to you have to join in order to survive like you have to turn around and promote this and so i just started cracking up and i was like is that why everyone does those like because they're not making money Mm -hmm. they're actually just trying to appease evil spirits yeah the all pyramid schemes are actually just uh the the creation of dead little girls who are seeking vengeance um i i why i think this movie got so famous is because at the time that it came out 2002 american audiences hadn't seen anything like this like it it still does have some remnants of that like kind of japanese horror flavor that's in the movie that it's remaking and i think those are the parts that still hold up well and worked well to begin with and additionally when i was doing research for this episode i found out that they didn't advertise the movie on tv um like they they played trailers in theaters but for tv they would just show the videotape out of context So, Mm -hmm. like, you'd be watching TV, watching commercials, and then just that VHS tape sequence would play. And there would be no, they didn't show, like, the title for the movie. They didn't give, like, a date or a release date or anything. It's just that really abrasive videotape scene. And then, obviously, people, like, that's really freaky to see when you're watching fucking the, The Tonight Show. And then this starts playing. And so people, like, then went and like tried to figure out okay what is this thing that's playing on tv and then the movie got really hyped up because of that and everyone saw it and again hadn't seen anything like that before so it people loved it but i think that at the point we're at now because it got so famous then it's now been parodied and borrowed from and referenced and rehashed so many times that i think that part of why maybe we didn't enjoy it so much was also just inherently viewing it in the modern day it has lost some of that mystery surrounding it. So it's not as surprising anymore. Yeah. That's... There, there, there are issues that are there to begin with already. Like the, the characters are flat, but I think that 
a lot of the sting of the horror is also dulled because we already kind of know what's what the deal is. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you want to talk about about Adam a little bit and our favorite our, uh, our favorite scene? Yes. Cuz I actually I is really your favorite scene in the movie too. I mean, probably, yeah. I really liked cuz I actually liked the first like 15-20 minutes which mm-hmm. also included that. I I liked the setup. I agree it was once they got once they got to this new, you know, they introduced you to the main character and it just you didn't feel much of a connection. So then the rest yeah. of the movie kind of fell flat. But the way that they built just like the world and the situation and the lore in the first 20 minutes was actually very interesting. I was like, oh, I'm into mm-hmm. this. And then I was like, oh, no, actually, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, on the on the subject of the setup, I think that part of the build to Adam Brody scene is that like the 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 tape starts as like this teen urban legend thing of like oh there's this cursed videotape if you watch it you die in 7 days you get these spooky phone calls or whatever and so the movie obviously opens with like the cold open of the girls who have watched the videotape uh and they're home alone and it's like oh is it real are they going to die and there's like a the couple fake outs and stuff and then there's like the really pretty shocking part where they do die so like that kind of teen urban legend factor plays into it because when the main character who's a reporter sh- is at these girls funerals i think it was she's like their aunt or something one of the girl's aunts yeah is that i think what it was? so that's that's what i picked up but it wasn't super clear <laughs> so she's at like the wake or whatever for these girls she can kind of tell that there's something weird about how they died because obviously it's two teen girls who are perfectly healthy and died out of nowhere and so she's talking to these other girls who are also there who knew them trying to like suss it out and they say something about they like mention offhandedly something about the the cursed videotape and she's like what is that and then there's a voice from behind her who i don't remember exactly what the line is you watched it more recently than me so you'll you'll be able to tell me if i'm wrong but something where he where you hear this voice go like oh you don't know and so it's like totally structured like a reveal and then she looks behind her and there's this fucking spooky adam brody who's just suddenly there sitting on a a bench like all all hunched over and then he gives her like the lowdown of like here's the myth of the videotape here's all the rules and everything but it's like the way that that scene is set up is so structured as though they are revealing an important character like i totally thought that what was going to happen next was that like she's gonna get adam brody's contact info he's gonna be kind of like the you know he's probably like a teen who's into spooky shit like this so he's kind of the expert and she's going to consult, be consulting him for like the f- next little bit of the movie. But then he's going to end up getting killed off and she's going to have to figure out more stuff just on her own like that. Because that's kind of like how it works. Like you you are introduced to this person who knows more about the spooky subject than you. And then, of course, they have to be killed off because they know too much and it would be too easy for the main characters. But he's just not in the movie after that. He's just a random teen that 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 wanted to share some information. Yeah. I really loved both with the way with the way he was like sitting on this kind of like picnic table and the way he was talking. To me, it very much felt like he was supposed to be like like an imaginary friend or a ghost. Like yeah. it felt something <laughs> something about him felt not real. Which the only reason I knew that it wasn't was because I was like, there's he's like talking to three people right now. So it's not just one person imagining this. Yeah. But something about his like aura that he was giving off was like confuse it it very much felt like there should have been more to that character. But no, he was just in uh-huh. that one scene. <laughs> Wait, but like Yeah, it's just so weird. The vibes are so off. Cause again, his voice happens before he is on screen, which is like how you do a reveal in the beat. Like, that's just that's just how that's a basic filmmaking language. So it's so weird when like he turns around and he's all spooky and mysterious and you're like, clearly something's up with this kid. What is this kid's deal? Why is he at this funeral? Like, he doesn't talk to the girls. He kind of seems like a social outcast from the other teens there. He's sitting alone. Did Like, did he give the videotape to these two girls who just died? Like, what is going on? And then he just doesn't show up again he's just he just vanishes into thin air yeah it was weird but but great scene yeah he did a great job performing it it was great it was wonderful what 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 do you what rating would you give this movie under normal circumstances well first of all i'd like to say that adam brody does not believe in ghosts which is disappointing (laughs) he wants to he said that he would like to but he's never seen anything that convinces him so if any ghosts are listening to this podcast (laughs) maybe get on that start haunting adam brody (laughs) 
I'd love, I'd love a, like a BuzzFeed Unsolved guest episode with Adam Brody. They don't do that, but like I think I, you'd just love any anything Adam Brody would do, any kind of content. Well, yeah, clearly because we have this <laughs> podcast. But like, I'd love an Adam Brody ghost hunting show. I'd love a show where I take Adam Brody haunted places and try and convince him that ghosts are real. You can work up to it. Yeah, Adam Brody got me. Um, I will give this movie two, three, three rings out of ten. Yeah, I think. Once again, it's like, I feel bad because I don't, because I don't know much about horror and because I know that I just don't like horror that much. I feel like I'm judging harshly, but I just wasn't interested. I'd, I'd give it two or three as well. I just, mm. I couldn't get into it. Though, once again, I didn't, I quite enjoyed the first, like, the first 20 or so minutes. I was really interested. If I could just watch that, honestly, I'd be into it. <laughs> what, what, what direction would you have preferred the movie like taken like what would you want the rest of the movie to look like based off of that intro i instead of just this girl going around slowly piecing together this centuries-old mystery that doesn't really go anywhere i think part of the fun was that it was focused on the teens so i think if it had stayed kind of with like just other teens trying other teenagers trying to solve this Mm -hmm. i think that that would have been much more interesting to me rather than this other woman who then we never even really like learn much about or connect to i honestly think if it had been more <laughs> more teen based i want teen content yeah and like i also would say that she has this like creepy little kid who can has this weird like sense about the spooky stuff which is just so early 2000s horror movie generic bullshit like get a spooky child who knows too much somehow like omnipotently um that part's boring too like i yeah a movie where it's like you have you start the movie with this big group of teenagers and then this urban legend starts like coming to life in their midst and they're all working together to try and figure it out. But then they're starting to like slowly die off because they get exposed to this thing or are reckless about it. Basically, what I'm saying is make Adam Brody the hero because he already know clearly knows that this thing's dangerous. And so he's figuring it out and he's trying to figure out how to stop it. But all his friends are dying off around him. When when we rewrite the ring, let's do yeah. it. Let's and we, go for and it. we get a 30 something year old Adam Brody to star in it. <laughs> playing a teenager hey it could work okay do you want to move on uh yeah yes yes please okay so i'm gonna put a little warning here we're gonna be jumping ahead we're gonna be talking about promising young woman um Mm -hmm. so i want to say two things up front number one is that because it is the entire plot of this movie we're going to be talking about sexual assault and rape so if that is something that you cannot listen to you should probably go ahead and not listen to the rest of this episode um Then I also want to say, I think we should avoid, like, spoiling the end, the actual end, but I definitely think we will have to talk about some details in order to talk about it, so there will probably be some light spoilers, but we won't, I think it'd be better if we don't actually reveal the end. Do you agree on that? Sure. sure. I I think that maybe we go into this, we describe it kind of vaguely, and then we put a big spoiler warning up and we talk just as in-depth as we want about the way that the movie ends. And so, like, people can kind of get a sense if what we're talking about initially sounds interesting, then they can shut it off before anything gets discussed. But I think that the twists and turns of this movie are kind of important to talking about it. Yeah. Okay, so what is your... What what are your non-spoiler thoughts on this film? My non-spoiler thoughts is, first and foremost, like, the... If you watched the trailer for this movie... The movie that is shown in the trailer is very different than the movie that it actually is. Yes. So I think that's my other warning that I like. It's kind of a content warning. It's kind of not like because obviously, you know, from the trailer, there's some heavy stuff that it's talking about. But like, I think that the trailer kind of portrays it as a little bit more of like a revenge film, like kind of a more slashery type thriller movie, which it's not really. It's it's um it's a lot. It's a lot heavier than that very bright neon trailer kind of portrays it to be i think that it's extremely well acted literally everyone who is cast in their respective roles is perfectly cast and acts it perfectly i would especially give a shout out to um max greenfield who his character is just so ridiculous and over the top and really comes in at like the kind of the heaviest part of the movie and manages to give it a little bit 
of levity and make it not as like punch to the gut as it as it well i guess the punch to the gut happens and then he kind of comes in and gives you some band-aids um it's funny because to me the there the comedy that he kind of brought in at that moment actually just made it more horrifying <laughs> yeah like it, like it, it did it kind of makes it he he kind of lightened it up and then you're like ooh, should this be lightened up <laughs> like no yeah well that's that's the that's the emotion is that i was laughing at all the shit that he was doing but i was also like i'm, I'm laughing but at the same time i'm saying to myself like this is terrible yeah <laughs> yes. um again avoiding spoilers but like managing to pull off that kind of bounce back and forth between you're laughing at this ridiculous character but this ridiculous character is also just the worst human being is pretty delightful mm-hmm. i definitely i went into it watching it thinking it was gonna be a lot more fun especially because in the in the trailer you don't even really know the 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 details of the background so like you don't mm-hmm. You just know the basis of, oh, it's this woman that is basically kind of taking down these men that are taking advantage of people. And mm-hmm. so I thought it would be a lot more fun. And not to say the, it still had moments that, you know, it was it was trying and succeeding to, to be fun, whereas, like, that's the theme it was going for. But very quickly I was like, okay, this is much more serious and and – um, intense than I expected, but I thought it pulled it off really brilliantly. So I still really, you know, really enjoyed it and really, I felt a lot. <laughs> it was, <laughs> that's really the best way to describe it. I'm like, I felt a lot. It was hilarious yeah. at times. It was heartwarming at times. It was tragic and scary. And um, it was, it really was just about everything you could feel, um, sometimes all at once. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. Beautifully acted, brilliantly acted by, I mean, everyone. It was, yeah. Yeah. And some surprise cast members who came in. Mm-hmm. Um, Alfred Molina is in it and kind of plays an integral role. And he's not even in the credits for this movie anywhere. Um, but I was, I was surprised and delighted when he came up and his character is also, I think that you can say that about like everyone, every every character that comes in, hang on, let me think about that. Yeah. Most, most majority of the characters that are in this movie have this really, uh, impressive depth to them that is not always fully explored, but is all you're, you are, you always believe that it's there, which is hard to pull off with acting where like you have so little screen time, like giving a character depth is an incredible feat in being on screen for 10 minutes. So, yeah. So do you want to get into maybe talking about some more specifics? Yeah. I think this is where we put up the spoiler warning. Cause I think if we're going to go in, we're going to go in. Yeah. Okay. So past here, all bets are off. So only mm-hmm. listen if either you have already seen this movie or you don't care, but I highly suggest you go watch it first. Um, yeah. if you're, if you are able to. Did Adam Brody die? I, I wasn't okay. clear on that. I don't think so. That was the other thing is I go, going into it. I absolutely thought that she was just going to be murdering men. And I was excited. Yeah. It sounded like really so fun. <laughs> but no, I don't think I think she was just kind of she would go out and she would, you know, just scare the shit out of them by acting really mm-hmm. drunk. And then which that every time which, you know, we got to see it a couple times. And every time she would do that from going to, you know, acting drunk and slurring her speech and then just snapping into clearly like saying something to them and the fear that would just like spread across their faces. It was phenomenal. Such a good way of showing that like they absolutely know what they're doing because the moment she sobers up, they are so scared. It is. Yeah. It was just, it, it hit every single time that they showed it. It was incredible, but I don't think he died. I think she was just, um, scaring the shit out of people to try and hopefully stop them from uh, doing the same thing in the future. Yeah, because what when they when they cut away, because like for for Adam Brody scene, which is the very first one in the movie, after she wakes up and he realizes that she's not drunk anymore, they cut to the next morning and she's walking down the street and she like has blood all down her leg and on her arm and hands and everything. So you're like, clearly something happened. I. Because again, because of my assumptions going into the movie, I totally thought he died. But then later, she is 
trying to take home another dude who was there with Adam that night at the bar. And he, when he realizes that she isn't actually drunk, he real he like says, you're that psycho that whatever uh, Jerry, Jerry took home. So like clearly Jerry survived to tell him about this girl. So I guess she just so, beat like, the shit out of him, which probably I'm kind of sad we didn't get to see that. Um, yeah, I, I think we should because I could talk about this movie so much and so much of mm. it isn't pertaining to Adam Brody because he was just in that small part. Yeah, I'm going to try I'm going to try to keep it not way too much. But I do feel like we just need to briefly talk about kind of the main characters and the main plot okay. because it's I think a really important movie. Um yeah. And I can't be trusted to do plot summary, so I'm <laughs> okay, well, take, I'll do, take it away whenever you're ready. I'll do. I'll try to do a, a succinct little plot summary. So basically, it focuses on what? What is the main? I'm sorry, I watched it like over a week ago. What is the main character's name? Yeah. Do you remember her name? Ca- Cassie. Cassie. So it focuses on this girl, Cassie, played by Carrie Mulligan, um, and she in college had a friend who at a party was assaulted you know she was completely blackout drunk and was assaulted and when afterwards she you know tried to tell her friends she tried to tell people at the school and just no one took her seriously no one listened to these accusations and um i'm not sure if we're ever if it's ever made clear like how many years later or if it happened right away or whatever but the girl ends up killing herself um so her best friend cassie kind of starts to plot this little revenge scheme to get back at the people that were most integral in kind of this wrong that uh she had against her so she goes after she goes after their other roommate who you know Mm -hmm. didn't listen to them she goes after the i think it's the dean of students someone who works at the school and then the dean of the college and then finally she goes after the actual guy that raped her friend so that's going on and while that's going on there's also this other plot where she's this kind of romance plot with Bo Burnham's character um where she's you know kind of falling for this guy but obviously because of what she's seen and what her friend has experienced she has this problem with intimacy she has this you know Mm -hmm. bias against men she just doesn't trust men understandably and so she's kind of figuring out how to have this relationship and how to be able to trust a guy enough to be in a relationship and the whole relationship is it's it's so well done and i think that both actors did such a good job i will and it's so heartbreaking (laughs) (laughs) i do want to say about bo burnham i texted you this he looks out of place in every fucking situation (laughs) and i i don't know if it's just because of everything that he's done up until this point but like he plays a doctor in this movie so there are scenes where he's at a hospital like in full like scrubs in a lab coat with like a stethoscope around his neck and every time i'm like okay but this is a bit right it like was... he's gonna start singing some nihilistic joke song in a second right and he's so tall very, which doesn't help it was very jarring to see him in like his doctor getup. it did it, it yeah. was is very weird but i i love seeing him in this more dramatic role because I think he's brilliant. Obviously, like with eighth grade a few years ago, we got to see, you know, what a brilliant writer and director he is. But getting to see him act in such a serious role, I I was so impressed and I was so pleased to see how well he yeah. did. And I just love him. So it's just great to see anything. More more Bo Burnham, please, in the future. That's another actor I'd love to see to take on more stuff. And I, I will say that you said like, seeing him in this more dramatic role, but his role doesn't really get super dramatic until the the turn of the knife towards the end of the, <laughs> yep. the film. And for most of it, he is like, not a comic relief, but kind of this lighter side of the movie that's mm-hmm. like, keep balancing out these darker parts. And so he's not like, he's not like being extremely funny. Like he's not like over the top, full, make happy Bo Burnham, but he's just very he's just very charming he's just so i don't i don't even have i don't have the words but it's just like the chemistry between him and carrie mulligan is a very specific kind where it's not like they're both falling head over heels for each other right away they're just kind of mean back and forth and it's so enjoyable to watch like the part where they first meet in the coffee shop and he tries to do that like kind of it's a it's a thing that a, a lot of dudes do when they 
say something accidentally that clearly someone's taken offense to where they're like, oh, you could totally hit me like I deserve it. And he says to her, she's giving him coffee and she's like, he's like, you could totally spit in my coffee. I deserve it. Like as a joke. And she looks him dead in the eyes and just hawks a fat loogie straight into his coffee and hands it to him without breaking eye contact. And he is clearly taken aback and a little scared for a second. But then not a minute later, he drinks the coffee to show her how serious he is. And that scene was just so enjoyable. These two actors playing off of each other just perfectly. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it it was fantastic. I agree. It's fantastic. And I, it, it, I mean, you talked briefly about the, the kind of twist, the moment where you find out that he was um, kind of involved in what happened with her friend. It is it is so heartbreaking because they did a, they did such a good job of like showing all the most like tender, sweet moments of this relationship. And like you fully got to watch it grow from this, you know, kind of back and forth bickering into her like learning to trust him and really caring mm-hmm. about him. And so it is just it's so heartbreaking the moment which, you know, it happens because she sees there's a video of it happening and she can hear his voice in the background that he was. I don't know if he was the one filming or if he was just there. But, but he was there. Yeah, but he was there and, and like, is, like commenting laughing. on it and did not stop anything. And so it's this the moment where she's watching the video and like you just are hearing his voice and you realize that it's him and you watch her realize that it's him. I felt like my heart was being pulled out of my chest it hurts so much Mm -hmm. because they do such a good job of making you invested in this relationship so it was heartbreaking to see that um (laughs) but so well done and then and then once again just you know Bo did such a good job of then turning and going from being like the most lovable guy to kind of being this asshole who is you know just being selfish and worried about him Mm -hmm. uh and he but, does such a good job still of still trying to use those nice guy yep. tactics and behaviors to like kind of try and redeem himself. Yep. Like the way he played both so flawlessly was amazing and a little terrifying. Mm-hmm. I want to say something else. It has no it has no bearing on the plot. It has nothing to do with the rest of anything that's going on around it, but it was exciting and it it made me happy to see a trans actress playing a role where the role had nothing to do with being trans mm-hmm. and it's not brought up and it's not like they're just a normal ass person going about doing these other day-to-day things and that actress is Laverne Cox who's done other roles but but it's almost always focused on a lot of her roles are usually focused on like a story about someone who's trans or you know queer in some way mm-hmm. so i agree it was it was just so nice and refreshing to just see it you know, see a role where that wasn't an important aspect. It was just like, no, it's just a fucking person. She works in a coffee shop. Like, yeah, she's, she's not the best deal. friend. Like, yeah, it's which, not not brought up, not a big deal. And it was so fucking good. And please, everyone, please just do more of this. It's so nice. Yes. And I once again, it was like, that was the thing, too, because I didn't I didn't know that Laverne Cox was in this. And then when she showed up, I was like, oh, great. Like, she's going to be part of this. And she was just it just shows once again, like the cast was flushed out so well. That all of just these side characters that, you know, they had parts, but they were minimal parts, but like just incredible cast because every single role was filled with someone that I was like, oh, yeah, fuck yes. They're incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry to derail the conversation, but I have the IMDb pulled up and I saw her name and I remembered that that was an exciting part and I just wanted to mention it. We're getting close to our time. Yes, which I'm hoping... We were we talked a lot of shit, so definitely edit this down a lot. But yeah. I agree, like, there is so much more that could be said about this film, but partially I don't feel like this is the place to do it, and I also don't no. entirely feel like it's my place to do it. It's especially not my place. <laughs> I'm not at all qualified to talk on. I mean, like, yeah, I think that there are other people who can break down this movie a lot more in depth and a lot um, more succinctly and in a way that makes better sense than I can for sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree that it's not entirely my place and I don't I also don't have all all the thoughts and words, but genuinely if if this is something that you are comfortable watching with, I highly recommend watching it and getting other people to watch it because I think it opens up a really important conversation that's not, you know, not just about hey don't 
rape people, but about the entire <laughs> culture surrounding it and how yeah. how acceptable it's become and how, you know, almost everyone is guilty in some aspect when it comes to the problems that, that are still going on today. And so I highly recommend watching it if you're able to. Yeah. On top of that, I would like... Whoever edited the trailer maybe needs a talking to, because I think that the trailer's super misleading. I think it does set you up to think but that I, this movie's going to be cathartic. And I Yeah, would... I guess, but I wonder a tiny bit if that was purposeful, that if they thought that they could make it even more of a punch in the gut if they had you have these expectations of it being okay, which is a little cruel, but yeah, also like... I can see a bit where they're coming from that it's like I really think they wanted it to just kind of leave you as horrified as possible to kind of yeah. show like how real this is so I'm just know. curious if it was a marketing thing where they're like no one's gonna watch this movie if they know that this is what it is or if it's if it was an uh kind of like what it seems like you're implying like an artistic choice of like let's draw them in so that they'll I, I could see it both ways because I also could just see it as a horrible thing of that they're like yeah we need to spice yeah. this up and make it more fun but i could also see a you know a kind of creative i could see it being a creative decision as well but i'm curious yeah. i'd i'd love to be able to find out an answer on that but i don't know who we could ask <laughs> who i say who's the most accessible person from this yeah movie. who's the most would alfred molina come god if alfred molina would come on this fucking podcast i would that'd be delightful I have so many questions about Spider-Man 2 that I need to run past him. Don't we all? <laughs> I mean, I think that's that's all there is to say on our end. Adam Brody, I, I would like to wrap up. I think it's really interesting that Adam Brody is like the top build actor on this movie. Like his name was on the poster and everything, uh-huh. but he is only in that opening scene. Yeah, they are definitely, definitely trying to use his name to get some traction, which is funny because I'm like, Bo Burnham was also like, isn't Bo Burnham yeah. enough traction? Oh no, right? it was like interesting. And, and like, I don't feel like Adam Brody is like, has that level of, of name power quite yet where you can like, and like, like Alfred Molina is not even credited. You could put Alfred Molina at the top. Alison Brie is in it. Like, there's tons of other... We didn't even talk about Alison Brie's part in the movie. She did a great job. Mm -hmm. There's like, I just... It's just interesting. I, again, think that that is a sign pointing to the idea that we are headed into an era of Adam Brody, which I'm God, excited about. God, I hope. <laughs> yeah, so I guess final things that I'd like to say. I First of all, I'm not going to fucking bother rating this movie. I think that it's I, it doesn't... It's beyond that. It doesn't it's deserve beyond a, our stupid a joke rating. rating. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if it's something that you think that you want to watch, check it out. There's tons of things online you can read about like the more specific content of it if you're nervous. Um, is there any other final thoughts that you have? Um, no, yeah. I was just, I was blown away and I'm definitely gonna be watching this movie more times and i'm excited to to kind of dive more i mean i mean because it's because it's such a complex topic no um, <laughs> no but but because it really was there's so much in this movie to unpack yeah and so it's definitely a multiple viewing kind of movie but also it's very heavy so you can't you gotta space those viewings out <laughs> I was thoroughly impressed. I went in just being really excited because I loved the lead actors and mm -hmm. the trailer looked really badass. So I went in being excited and I came out feeling entirely different, but still, still really impressed. Yeah. I think above all else, the thing that you can like, the thing that you can say most about this movie, it is, it is, it is extremely well made, extremely well put together in pretty much every aspect of it. Oh my god, yeah, real quick, can I just talk about the soundtrack? I have been listening to- That Paris to, Hilton song is going to be stuck in my head till the day I die. <laughs> I have been listening to this, which the soundtrack is comprised solely of female artists, and I have been listening to it a lot since I first watched the movie. It, it is just such, so much of it is like bubblegum pop, but mm. also just so badass and incredible. I have just been loving the soundtrack, um- which very much gave it kind of, I mean, at times it had like Harley Quinn vibes, you know, just with the way this movie was set up. Yeah. And that's kind of what it felt like. But then with a 
darker twist. There's a there's a cello arrangement of Britney Spears, like a horror violin cello arrangement so of Toxic good. by Britney Spears, and it goes so fucking hard. It is so good. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. go listen. If Even if you don't want to watch this movie, go listen to the soundtrack. Holy Especially, crap, it's really yeah. good. Especially that version of Toxic. Oh, it's so good. I would like to see that version of Toxic in a movie where it is just someone going around and murdering shitty dudes, because that is a perfect murder tune. Mm-hmm. <laughs> perfect murder tune. Yeah, so like, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I like tell tell your friends to listen to this podcast maybe not this episode i'm was pretty <laughs> sleepy and i think that this end part is a little heavy Do you want, yeah yeah for sure this um, isn't the i don't think this is the starting place especially because he was barely in any of the fucking movies we talked about yep yep it was this is an interesting this was not a adam brody heavy episode yeah. um but uh next episode though on a much lighter tone we'll be talking about uh, much ado about whatever which was uh the first like leading role in a series that uh adam brody had so i'm i'm excited, excited for that and it'll be a lot happier <laughs> than this mm-hmm. episode maybe was okay well thank you for listening to this episode of brody quest i'm rainy and i'm shannon and acknowledge us now or lose us forever